Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. Ijaz, welcome to the Boney Podcast. Thank you very much, uh, Tim. Thanks for inviting me here. You run an organization called Teach for Bangladesh. And, you know, a few years ago, I was actually looking for opportunities like this, and I wish I had come across your organization, but it's it's wonderful. So tell us about what Teach for Bangladesh does. Uh, I want to start with a story, a very small story, uh, the story of Taskia, who was one of our students. So uh, when she used to study in grade five in a very small government primary school in the uh, capital of Bangladesh, Dhaka, she was under one of our teachers, uh, whose name is Shihabu Siddiqin. So this girl, she was a very attentive student and she used to come to the classroom very often. And uh, although she was from a very underprivileged background, her father was a rickshaw puller and stuff, but she was regular in the classroom. Uh, despite of all these uh, like constraints about money and everything but suddenly like after six months of her classes my friend who was a teacher of the class he uh, just uh, saw that she stopped coming to the school and he became aware of that so he went to the house of that student Taskia, and he found out that his father doesn't want her to come to the school rather uh, go to households to work with other people in the area to earn some extra money for the family and she has been abused by her parents as well because she wants to come to the school so my friend and the teacher he started going again and again to her house and tried to uh, convince her parents to bring her back to the school and after like two months of struggle even like taking the help of the government officers in the area and also people who are actually powerful in the area who can help, help him out he could bring her back to the school and she passed the primary school the next year and now she has been studying uh, in class seven so this is one of the uh, stories from our students in the whole world. Uh, we have like thousands, thousands of students, like more than 70,000 students in the whole world in around 59 countries. And we have stories like this. So back in 2007, Wendy Cobb, who is an educational expert from New York City, she founded this organization called Teach for All Network. Uh, and the first partner of this network was Teach for America. And Maimona Ahmed, who, who is a Bangladeshi origin, she used to live in Washington, D.C. And she was one of the very first fellows. We call the teachers as fellows. And she did her fellowship for two years. Then she came back to Bangladesh and she started Teach for Bangladesh. We actually built uh, more stories like Naskia. So in 2013, we started this organization. And it has been like eight years uh, we've been operating in Bangladesh to actually eradicate the educational inequality in Bangladesh and also provide an excellent education to all children, regardless of their economic condition, their religion, their caste, and anything, whatever it is. It's heartbreaking and, uh, and, uh, and a wonderful story. Speaking of, so on, on Taskia's note, what, what sort of job is she doing now? Or what sort of job can she potentially do, you think, after her education is complete? Uh, I didn't get you. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, uh, after she completes her education or... or yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to understand, you know, the, as, a daughter, as a daughter of a rickshaw puller, what's the yes. potential for her uh, with an education in Bangladesh? Actually, like, if she drops out from the school, she might be dropped out because her uh, mom she wants to take her to households she can like work there like maybe cleaning dishes or washing clothes or maybe cleaning the houses like 
Okay. So actually, like per per hour, she can make maybe one hundred taka, something like this. Or mm. uh, for the whole month, if she works, she can earn three thousand taka for her family. But very unfortunately, her parents they never think of sending her to school. And maybe if she becomes educated, she can do something better, uh, so that the whole fate of the family can change. Is a teacher a profession in Bangladesh that? the uh, the smartest of the smartest students want to be or do most students that are really good students stay away from those types of professions into more, I guess, business or, you know, finance and things like that? You know, that's a very interesting question because there are like different sides of this aspect because in Bangladesh, whenever uh, you think of teacher from maybe an English medium school or maybe a prominent university, then you are a very respected person. Uh, oh. The people they think that okay, this person is very intellectual, and uh, maybe if if we face any problem, then we go to that person for uh, suggestions and advice. But uh-huh. uh, normally, for the government primary school teachers, even before two years, that was the last of the last options for uh, like uh, in terms of career. The people who never had like who didn't have any hope in their life, like after going for hundreds of interviews, after failing in different places, then they choose to be. A primary school teacher. Wow. So, but it is a like very. Uh, it is a news of joy that the government has now made mandatory that you need to be uh, at least a graduate to become a primary school teacher. But before two three years, it was not like this. Maybe a high school uh, pass a student, uh, they can actually they, they could actually apply for a primary school teacher position. So I came to the states when I was six and a half. But I remember when I was in Bangladesh when I was little when I was a child in the village. And I would I went to school sparsely like scarcely i rarely and but i remember it wasn't really a school it was more of, of a madrasa that maybe taught a little bit of you know math it was mostly religious studies and a little bit of you know non-religious studies is that still the case in, in a lot of bangladesh actually i want to, i want to talk a little bit about like with the stats so i i used to study in a very prominent school in the heart of the capital of bangladesh and it was number three in terms of results in the whole dhaka education board so in that school we had more than like 80 students in the in the classroom and there was one teacher for 80 students even in a like very prominent class, uh, prominent school uh, in the heart of the heart of the city also like uh, if you look at the gdp expenditure in education then you can see that bangladesh is the in the second uh, lowest among the south asian countries they spend only 1.9% of their whole gdp on education it is like not even two percent. So you were saying uh, you saw like like a minimum level of math or like science education in Madrasa still there, and you can see like various types of education system in different schools. Like there are like Bangla version, there is English version, English medium. There are like two types of Madrasas. There are like alternative education. There are so many things, and there are like disparities among these systems as well. Like your economic status in the society it defines where you will study so this is like this still like this i'm shocked that only two percent of gdp is spent on education bangladesh in bangladesh uh, i would think it would be higher now is that recent or What's the government's plan on on doing something about that? Because I'm surprised because I always Bangladeshi parents are so gung ho about education. So government spending two percent really surprises me. Yeah, it, it is very recent. It's it's a statistic from uh, 2018. Uh, if you go to like any World Bank report, then you can see this. Uh, even in 2017, it was 1.5 percent. Uh, so they increased. Uh, 
Wow. And during the COVID situation, it is a disaster, I would say, because 40 million children in Bangladesh right now are out of school. As per like in 2020 March, we have closed down all the schools due to the COVID pandemic. There was no solid decision from the government what to do with these students. Like sometimes we can we hear like maybe after two months or three months, uh, we are gonna uh, open our schools. But because of this COVID pandemic, it's also risky. You can see that in the recent times, the rates of the infection is getting higher and higher. So the government has not decided yet to open the schools. And the most vulnerable groups in the society, they have a big chance to drop out. So the if you see a report from the Business Standard Bangladesh from October 2020, you can see that they say most of the students from the underprivileged areas, they have a chance to drop out. They will never come back to the school, right? So this is also a severe situation. Wow. So talk about your organization, Teach for Bangladesh. In Teach for Bangladesh, we have the fellows who have been operating in the field right now. Recently, like currently, we have 4,000 students uh, under us and around like 50 fellows who are in operation. So Teach for Bangladesh has decided to go in a blended teaching method. So we know that it is not possible to reach 100% of the students and provide 100% learning to them. So that's why we're actually trying to reach out as many students as possible. So like very, from the like very recent data from last week, I, I know that 3,200 students among 4,000 are yeah, within our reach right now. So what we are doing, we have this software emo in their mobile, installing their mobile in the like remote areas or uh, in the slum area. So our fellows that teach through emo and also they are preparing like worksheets. Uh, actually, the government has decreased the syllabus uh, into 30 percent uh, from 100 percent so uh, it is actually easier to provide smaller amount of uh, learnings to the student uh, right now so the fellows they're uh, drawing pictures and they are like writing different creative things in a piece of paper they're copying the paper and they are going to the areas of the students the communities and they are like providing it once in a week maybe and they're taking the lessons uh, over the internet and there are like other ways of actually addressing the corona as well is it's not only about providing lessons because we we do not only want to provide lessons in, into the classroom our motto is also to expand the opportunity of education it is a very big concern for us not only to give them lessons but also to keep them in, in the schools because there has been a very big migration right now uh, in Bangladesh, most of the people from the town area who have a like, very minimum level of uh, income, they've been moving towards the village. And whenever these students, they go to the village and maybe they will never come back within like maybe a couple of years. So they are not gonna come back to the school. So it is very important for us to keep them in their place. So just for giving an example, we had two fellows in from 2019 cohort whose name is Monir Jaman and also Latwajin Mama. They had one social initiative called Helping Hands. So from uh, actually March to October 2020, they collected 10 lakh of donation from two organizations and they impacted 7,000 people like from the community of our students and they provided reliefs and food, the materials for studies and so many things just to keep them in place and so that the students they do, do not go to the villages and in the meantime they provided lessons to different methods um, of education right now. Are most of your fellows Bangladeshi? Uh, actually it is a requirement of for our candidates to apply to be a Bangladeshi or being from a Bangladeshi origin. So maybe uh, someone who is born and brought up uh, abroad, but they must be from 
Bangladeshi origin and they need to actually be able to write, read and write in proper Bengali because they need to teach in the uh, in the primary schools in Bangladesh, like which is the largest part of our fellowship program. And most of the subjects are in, in Bengali. That's why it is essential. I think you mentioned it, but so what's the status of the program right now because of COVID? Are you still bringing on people even though... Yes, yes, okay. definitely. Like uh, what, I, what I say that we have... 50 people we have taken in 2020 cohort. Uh, normally we take like 100, 110 like this, but now because of the COVID pandemic, there were uh, a lot of challenges and uh, there were like uh, fear among the among the people that they need to go to the field and work. That's why maybe we faced some challenges and we took 50 fellows and now they are in operation. They're impacting like around more than like 3,000 students. What are some of the things you look for in candidates? Okay, so um, the first thing is they need to be graduates. We we take only only the graduates students so uh, it can be from anywhere in the world any any university uh, it doesn't matter they also need to be from Bangladeshi origin or, or directly Bangladesh. Uh, these are the only two requirements they need to prove to apply for the fellowship program. Okay. Now, have, if for this year, have you had uh, a lot of interest or is it uh, a lot? Le- is it less because of COVID? No, it, it is actually like way uh, better than la- the last year because okay. gradually uh, everything has been opening in, in Bangladesh and like uh, people are applying and because of the COVID, the universities were uh, shut down uh, for a long time. So most of the universities are moving to an online education method. So uh, they are taking exams and more people are graduating this year as well. So the need for new jobs are also rising this year. So we are getting more candidates. I just want to confirm what you said. You said graduates. So do you mean um, someone with an undergraduate degree, so a bachelor's degree yes. from the States? Yes. They can apply. Exactly. They don't have to have a graduate. They don't have to have a master's. Uh, a bachelor's. No, no, they, they, don't have to, they don't have to have a master's. They, they okay. need to have, a, have an undergraduate. Okay. But right now, because of COVID, they'll be in Bangladesh, but they'll just be teaching remotely from Bangladesh. Correct? Uh, yes. Actually, the, the schools are closed. So okay. uh, for now, they don't, they don't need to go to the schools right now. But uh, the thing is, they also need to be prepared mentally that any time the government can open the schools. And as the fellows, they are literally the school teachers in that school. And all the teachers, what they do, they do the, the, the fellows do the similar thing in the school. So whenever the schools are open, then they need to uh, operate physically. Can you talk about what sort of funding and support the fellows receive uh, in terms of okay. housing and things like that? Actually, uh, we don't we do not provide uh, any kind of like housing support for the fellows, but we provide around like thirty thousand taka per month, uh, okay. which is like enough for a person to live uh, in okay. a big city in Bangladesh. Yeah. And we provide also health insurance. Beside that, uh, we actually provide professional development uh, trainings uh, over two years. So we have this winter academy, uh, which is a very uh, exclusive training program for the teachers. So uh, it is a 56 days long training program, which is called uh, Teachers as Leaders. And in that program, we actually prepare our fellows to operate in the, in the course. It is, it is not only a teaching training, but also a professional development training as well. After this training, we provide yeah, exclusive train, uh, training programs for like for, for building hard and soft skills uh, among the uh, fellows for two years. We appoint coaches from our leadership development team for each fellow in, in, in each, each school. And these coaches, they actually uh, monitors and evaluate the performance of each fellow continuously and they provide feedback and 
they provide necessary skill building uh, activities so that the fellow can grow up as a young professional as well. And uh, there is another interesting part of the fellowship program, which is the postgraduate diploma provided under Brack University. And uh, it, it is actually under the Brack Institute of Educational Development. Uh, so this program is on educational leadership and school improvement. So a fellow is not only a teacher, he or she learns from that particular course to be an education expert as well. They have a wholesome idea of the education, what the gaps are in the society and what, uh, what sort of like actions should we take to actually develop the education system overall. So this, this program is about that as well. So you've been involved in the program for how long? Seven years, you said? No, me, me not, not personally. Like I am a recruiter from the recruitment and selection department of Teacher for Bangladesh. Okay. Uh, so I've been working here for uh, from since January 2020. Okay. So it has been like one and a half. Yeah, I'm curious about some of the what some of the uh, fellows do after they complete the program. What have you seen? Have you seen people co- go on and become teachers in their in their home country or their country they're living in, or you know, do you see them going on and doing other things? Uh, actually, uh, you know, there is a like big mistake among big misconception. I would say, I'm sorry, among the general people, if they look at teach for Bangladesh, they just have the uh, teach for Bangladesh and they think that we look for the teachers, mm-hmm. but it's not the case actually. So. Definitely, uh, teaching is one of the components that can be actually used to develop the education system. So we want those people who actually envisions a society where all children will get a quality education. So for doing that, they can do anything. Suppose we have fellows, uh, I can give an example of Munia from Yahangi Novo University. She has been working, she, she worked in Save, uh, Save the Children. Then now she has been working for a Japanese project on education, which is Kumon. Uh, which, uh, and there are like fellows who are working in other development organizations as well to develop the education system and like provide quality education to the the children. There are fellows who have been working in government positions to make policies. There are fellows who are teaching in different organizations. So uh, fellows can do anything. But we need those people whose long-term vision is to actually address the educational inequality in the society. Okay. Okay. So you've seen fellows stay in the country, stay in Bangladesh after the course is over, after the Uh, fellowship is over? Yes, yes. Actually, like uh, we have, we are like very, you know, a new organization in Bangladesh in terms of years. Like uh, you, uh, you will see, uh, we started back in 2013. Uh, so if you compare to other non-governmental organizations as, as well, like you, you can see, it's a very new initiative in Bangladesh. So we have very few fellows who came from abroad, but those who came came back to Bangladesh, they have been working in Bangladesh right now, and they are uh, working to the community for the development of the country. How are you guys funded? You're, you operate as a non-profit or a not-for-profit or how are you funded? Uh, actually, yeah, it's a, it's a completely non-profit organization. So we have big partners like DHL, uh, also American Embassy in person. So there are like several donors who fund us. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Um, what now? What, what was your background before you joined? Uh, actually, like I studied international relations in the University of Chittagong. I did my bachelor's and first master's in international relations from Bangladesh, oh. and then I did uh, another master's in analysis and design of social protection systems from Hochschule Bonn Rheinzig. It's a, a public university in Bonn, Germany. So oh, wow. after I I did my second master's from Germany, I came back to Bangladesh and I joined this organization. Because wow. I always had this ambition to, you know, do something for the people. Because uh, when I did my undergraduate and uh, also my first master, I, I used to study in a public university. And I paid 
nearly nothing uh, to really to complete my education. And uh, I, I used to study with the tax money of the, of the mm. people. Mm. Well, how was it, how was it uh, studying in Germany and how was it different from studying in Bangladesh? Actually, the difference is huge, I would say. The education system in Germany, I would say it's uh, more practical based on like practical knowledge because uh, I remember when I uh, went to uh, do my master's over there we used to go visit many places I started social protection systems which, which is mainly based on the education of welfare state system so I did so many courses in in European Commission or different government offices in, in fact my classroom was inside the Ministry of Social Welfare because the students and the teachers, they were the main people who used to research uh, on these things, like how to develop the country. So it is, it is really different uh, from Bangladesh. And in, in Bangladesh, you'd say mostly based on books, so yeah. uh, more on literature, not on yeah, so, so such you know, so must be f- uh, fulfilling working for such an organization. I think what you're doing is great. Any, is there anything else you'd like people to know about the fellowship program? Definitely. I, I want to go back to one of your questions from the very beginning. You, you asked me you asked me a question about what type of I, I forgot. You you asked me a question about about what I say in uh, how do people see the teachers in Bangladesh? Like how uh, how respectful uh, or something like this the, the yeah. profession of teaching here. So uh, our organization, Teach for Bangladesh, we are actually creating an alternative path for the for the young people of Bangladesh. Uh, if you look into our fellowship program, then you can see that every year thousands of leaders from different universities who are the like top notch graduates of of the country, they are applying for the fellowship program. In fact, uh, leadership skill is one of the big requirements uh, of the uh, fellowship program. You need to have some experience in, in leadership field. Suppose you see most of the fellows, they were some presidents or vice president from uh, any organization in their university, or they were entrepreneurs, or they were like uh, some leaders from their own initiatives. Yeah. So these kind of people, they maybe if you go back 10 years back or maybe 15 years back, these people, they, they used to think they need to have a like, big profession in a multinational organization or something like this. But now these people are choosing to come to this profession of, of teaching because mm. Teach for Bangladesh is actually successful to make realize that education is the priority. Uh, there has been a crisis in education in Bangladesh, and this is high time that we took initiative for actually eradicating the uh, existing disparity in the, the society. So, what I would say uh, to the people staying uh, in the US or maybe uh, uh, the Bengalis who are listening in other countries, I would say that it is it is not only uh, I would say an initiative to eradicate the educational party from Bangladesh, but also an opportunity to provide back to the country. This year, we already have one fellow who studied in in Texas, oh. as far as I remember, and he came back to Bangladesh one year one year ago in 2020, and he was looking for uh, some kind of opportunity to you know work for the society and do something for, for the education and he joined the fellowship program so we have many people who are doing this and if you want to have like more information then you can go back to our website and also the website of each for all network so that uh, can know more uh, if you want to apply for this program then you can go to www.teachforbangladesh.org slash register and I, I guess like we will be publishing uh, of course yep we'll publish everything the yep. program after we finish this conversation as well and so the, the uh, deadline of the link and address. 
The deadline for the next cohort is when? Uh, actually, we are taking, uh, this time we're taking the applications in a rolling basis. Okay. Uh, so whenever uh, you apply for this program now, the selection process will be finished within two or three weeks. So this time you don't okay. have to wait for a long time. Understood. Uh, but we have a like primary deadline until 25th of July for this, for okay. this phase. But we'll be having another uh, cycle this year at the end, end of the year. Thank you. Awesome. Well, um, I love what you're doing. I love what your organization is doing. And I hope you get a lot of interest, uh, more interest than even more interest than you're getting. Um, it's a great opportunity. I mean, listen, it's a great opportunity to go back and see the country that you're from and also help out at the same time. I think it's an, uh, a wonderful opportunity. I hope people take advantage. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I also hope so. Okay. The red and green I always in my heart. I, I do it for my people always in my I gotta be honest With diamonds and pearls Yeah, yeah Bengalis in New York All over the world uh, It's the bony show uh, hey, Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live From the slang we spit To the gangs we're with It doesn't matter We the essence of the Bangladesh I say, hey, come on Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live